안녕하세요. Good morning. Good morning, my dear brothers and sisters, Ecology and Ambassador for Peace. 안녕하십니까. How was yesterday? Yesterday was a Sunday. I hope that everybody had a great time. Today, I'd like to talk about uh, compiling the Chanilguk scriptures from Prumada's Anthology Book 1. So let's invite Heavenly Hani. Compiling the Chanilguk scriptures. God is love. True Father 2 covered the entire world with a great umbrella of love. True Father's every word and every achievement is like a rough gemstone. It is a jewel. I want to make that jewel into the best there is so I can always keep it close to me and carry it about with me lovingly. That is why I am going to take the first step and put True Father's words in order and make them into a jewel from which you will never wish to part. I am doing this work with the hope that when the last day of your life arrives, you will go to the spirit world with this jewel held to your bosom. Chan Sangyang will be perfected right before Foundation Day. There are some jewels that are very expensive. Once I have cut and polished that rough gemstone, it will come to have the highest value. No one will be able to change it. No one will be able to meddle with it. It will be eternal. It will last forever. Let's say there is a rough stone. No matter how precious it is, it has to be cut and polished to make it shine brightly. Right after True Father's Sunwa, I tried to find a book compiling all of his accomplishments and achievements that I could place in his wanjon, but with no success. In a word, True Father's words are like a rough gemstone which has not been refined yet. If I, too, leave it as it is, who will cut and polish it? Neither our children nor you will be able to do that. I am doing this work to glorify heaven and also because I hope for True Father's words to be preserved eternally. I am doing it so that no one, not even a famous person, can come forward in the future and try to meddle with these words. It is a task that only I can do. Yes, thank you. We can see our trauma as a beautiful motivation, you know, how to really take care of the true father's word. True father's uh, every word and every achievement is like a rough gemstone, mother said. It's a, it's a jewel. And mother said, I want to make that jewel into the best there is. So I can always keep it close to me and carry it, uh, carry it about with uh, loving me. No one will be able to change it. No one will be able to uh, meddle with it. It will be eternal. It will last forever. So mother really, you know, she's the one who knows that father's word is how much precious. And also she's saying that I am doing this work to glorify heaven. And also because I hope for through father's word to be 
preserved eternally. I am doing it so that no one, not even a famous person, can came, I can come forward in the future and try to meddle with these words. It is a task that only I can do. Yes, only mother can do, nobody can do. Who can really handle about this issue? That's why we need to thank God. Mother still alive, mother can arrange properly about that. Fortunately, true mother is preparing to give true father's words like a ripe gemstones into a jewel. Only true mother has the, that kind of the authority to do this. That's why I think we really, uh, how to say, unite with the mother's direction. Mother's motivation is very pure, very clear. You know, Can you imagine there are 600 volumes? How can we read each, each volumes? You know, until we die, we can't, cannot do that. That's why mother really chooses really uh, really, uh, you know, uh, essence, the content of the Father's word. Let's support our true mother such effort. Living divine principle. And again, uh, I'd like to mention again, individual perfection is the perfection of the filial piety. So let's study. God's first blessing, individual perfection. The key to God's first blessing is the perfection of individual character. An individual's mind and body are discrete projections and object partners of God's dual characteristics. In order for an individual to perfect his character, he must form a four-position foundation within himself, whereby his mind and body become one through give-and-take action with God as their center. Such individuals become the temples of God, achieve complete oneness with him, and acquire a divine nature. They experience the heart of God as if it were their own. Hence, they understand his will and live fully attuned to it. When a person abides in the state of individual perfection, he lives as the substantial object partner to his mind. Because the center of his mind is God, he also lives as the substantial object partner to God. Both the mind and God feel joy as they experience their internal nature and external form through the stimulation which their object partners give them. Accordingly, when a person realizes God's first blessing, he becomes God's good object partner to inspire him with joy. Sharing all the feelings of God as his own, he would never commit any sinful acts that would cause God grief. This means he would never fall. Thank you, Heavenly Honey. The first here, you know, uh, through today and tomorrow's Fundoke, the words of the filial piety that I would like to give you, uh, you know, uh, that is not directly from True Father's word, but I have arranged some content centered on True Father's word about how filial piety influences our families, society, and nation and world. First, 
where there is a filial piety, the family will come alive. So please read. Filial piety emerges from the family. The absolutely unchanging human relation is the relationship between the parent and child. From the viewpoint of the biblical principles, the parents are God's representative and children are God's gift to the parents. When this parent-child relationship is properly created under a relationship of love and respect through the ethics of filial piety, that family can enjoy a harmonious and stable life. In other words, a relationship should be established where the parents bestow love to the children and the children revere their parents through filial piety. Conflict between generations will disappear in a family where the children revere the parents and where the parents nurture their children with the proper education, and it can be transformed into a place like heaven. Yes. When the culture of filial piety is settled between parents and children, the generation gap disappears. According to True Fathers, who are, since heaven is the wall of a heart, there is no generation gap, generational gap. The reason you feel a generation gap is because there is no peaceful communication of the heart. In the wall of a heart, children know all that parents know. Parents know all that children know. Husband knows everything that wife knows. Wife knows everything that husband knows. That is the wall of a heart. There is no, no generational gap at all. So now many people are saying that, oh, we are different generation. You are taught and thinking is different. Do you know, we recently, you know, what, what young people is going on, what they are thinking. That is the fallen wall. But the wall of the kingdom of heaven, there is no gener generational gap because artistically communicate each other between, you know, grandparents, grandchildren, between husband and wife, and husband and wife, and then and among the brothers and sisters, really always artistic communication. That is the wall of the kingdom of heaven, my brothers and sisters. As a filial sons and daughters, you know, you need to report to the parents, oh, my father and mother, no need to know these kind of things. But you need to really need to have a artistic that kind of about the communication. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, where there is a filial piety, the family come alive. This is a very, very important. That's why my personal testimony, I am really grateful, grateful God given me opportunity to serve my father-in-law, my mother-in-law passed away, but my father-in-law still alive. So every morning, He's attending morning hundoke, joining together, nearly now 90 years old man, absolutely cute, and morning hundoke, you know, and then taking care of the some small, small jobs, and she's the one always washing dishes, and wow, he's a position like, like a position of God in our family. 
So uh, I and my wife saw with him. Then my 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 all children just only serve grandparents. It is really beautiful in the family. I came to understand that when we attend grandparents' figure, wow. That families really become very peaceful and also really beautiful atmosphere, my brothers and sisters. That's why, as long as we have that the tradition of the filial piety, the family surely will come alive. So I'd like to encourage our second generation or third generation who are going to start family or the start family. At least you need to. Have at least a few years. You need to live together with your father and mother together, and your children automatically learn. You know what the what the word of the heart. They really understand what the grandparental love and heart. So, and as a sons and daughters, you have that kind of filial heart and filial piety to serve your own parents. You no need to educate your children. Children only learn what they are seeing, not what parents are talking about. Very important, very clear. Where there is a filial piety, the family will come alive. Next content. Second, where there is filial piety, the church will come alive. When filial piety is observed and there is peace within the family. Struggles and conflict between believers at a church arising from jealousy will disappear. Struggle and strife originate from self-centeredness. People raised within a biblical and principled family order are rooted in the heart of always thinking about the familial community, and that is extended to the church community. That is how the church, a fruit of altruism, can return to its original form. A church that believes and follows true parents who carry out the filial piety of absolute faith, absolute love, and absolute obedience to the words of God, the Heavenly Father, can naturally grow and mature. Yes. When the individual and family that practice of filial piety become the center, The church will also become a church of the filial piety and definitely multiply and develop. Therefore, where there is a filial piety, the church will come alive. So everybody practice a filial piety toward their own parents, and then when they come to church, when they see their central figure able, they practice the same kind of the heart, same kind of filial piety toward their own able. Any you know older Older or senior or the people at the church, then treat them there as my own grandparents or own my parents. That's why, where there is a filial piety, the church will come alive. That's why we need to really raising up. We need to really nurture the 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 the, 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 the our filial piety. Then, our family can can our family will come alive. Our church also will come alive. This is one of the beautiful artistic culture based upon filial heart and filial piety. Next one. 
Third, where there is filial piety, education will come alive. A filial child cannot inhale, bond, or butane gas or recklessly harm his body by smoking, drinking, or abusing drugs. A filial child does not behave irrationally, but reveres his teacher and fulfills his duty according to what he learned. In the end, this leads to the proper establishment of the true relationship between a teacher and disciple, rather than that between an instructor and student. Realizing whole person education rather than simply knowledge education. Yes. One who truly loves his father and mother as a filial son, when he comes to the come to the school, treat his own teacher as his own parents. <laughs> this is really interesting. That one who one who really truly become filial sons and daughter and go to the, your working place and treat your boss as your own parents. That's why this filial heart and filial piety is a fundamental issues. In Chinese, the in Chinese, the character of for education here, you know, education kyoyu. Education means cultivating filial piety to parents. Therefore, filial purpose of uh, the, 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 the final purpose of the, any education to ultimately educate about filial piety. So where there is education, whatever, or computer, or math, or literature, whatever, any education, what is the real meaning of the education? You know, final point is the filial piety. In the end, all schools of subject and majors must have the conclusion that we must have a filial piety towards God and parents. I really love this Chinese character, Kyo Yu, education. Whatever we do, any education, there is no filial piety. That means that is not education. Hmm? This vertical alignment, love God, centering on filial piety, love our parents, centering on our filial piety, love your teacher, love your boss, love your able, based upon our filial piety. That's why this filial heart and piety, fundamental point, my brothers and sisters. Therefore, where there is a filial piety, education will come alive, you know? Why our education become very horizontal, very much humanistic, and then become disaster? Because lack of education about filial piety. Today's youth ministry, uh, righteousness to love even enemies. Very also important content. Let's study. Righteousness to love even enemies. Nowadays, there are many people of faith who pray about the Bible, and although they believe in an afterlife, they neglect their relationships with others. If one were to receive the Holy Spirit while having a dislike for relationships, it is all too easy to see the sins of others and succumb to slander and arrogance. Upon learning another's shortcomings and secrets, 
he would be unable to embrace and respect that person and the relationship would weaken. When building relationships within our given environment, we must strive for harmony with the same spirit Jesus had on the cross. Then we will gain an amazing life force and an unimaginable power of hope. However, most spiritual people find it difficult to be humble. Yes. With unification movement are not like any other religious group that believe in order to go to the heaven. Our unification movement is not like that. We in the unification movement emphasize that before going to heaven, we need to become the people of heaven, the person of heaven. Our purpose is not to enter heaven that is already realized, but to build kingdom of heaven. So building the heaven for individuals, heaven for the family, and heaven for the nation is ultimately done through the interpersonal relationships. The cause of the providence of restoration is removing fallen nature through the Cain and Abel relationship and becoming a true couple and true siblings and true parents. Therefore, we have to form good relationship in our given environment. Of course, in forming good relationship, there are many difficulties. When building relationship within our given environment, we should strive for harmony with the same spirit Jesus had on the cross. We should go on seeing Jesus and true parents as models who loved even their enemies. Jesus is really great, my brothers and sisters. Sometimes many, many religions, they are focused on how to enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, this earthly world just only passing by. Not much is serious about that. Their final goal is how to enter the kingdom of heaven. But our movement guidance is different. First of all, you have to be a man of the kingdom of heaven. You need to have individual perfection. You need to have the family perfection. You need to have the dominion over. This is very, really, that's why you need to, or first blessing and second blessing and third blessing, everything relate to the human relationship. That's why without proper human relationship, how can you become man of the kingdom of heaven? How to establish the ideal family? Everything relate to relationship. Throughout the human history, we know that. What is the foundation of faith and foundation of substance? Everything, relationship. Foundation of faith, relationship between God and me. What is the foundation of substance? Relationship between Cain and Abel. Between brothers and sisters. Otherwise, we cannot invite the Messiah. Am I crying, my brothers and sisters? Why Jesus gave the key of the kingdom of heaven to his main disciple, Peter? You need to build 
a kingdom of heaven on the earth. That's why Father's guidance is really amazing. You need to treat your brothers and sisters as God. You need to love even your enemies. Otherwise, without loving your enemy, you cannot get rid of your fallen nature. That's why we need to appreciate God giving me enemy, asking me to remove my fallen nature. That's why enemy is a gift. Everybody have an enemy. You need to overcome it. You need to remove your fallen nature through loving your enemy. That's why here talking about righteousness to love even enemy. You can love someone. Okay? You, can, you love someone, you can love. That is not love. You can love someone. Really, you are you really difficult to love someone. And keep your life of faith continuously. That we call righteousness. Even serve even your enemies. Even love your enemies. That is a righteousness no matter what. That was Jesus' great point. My brothers and sisters. Next content. Jesus embraced others even after seeing their faults. Jesus had the power of the Prince of Heaven, yet he affectionately washed his disciples' feet, showed them the best example, and never condemned their sins. Most people would rather be served than step down and serve others. However, parents go to the lowest position and act as servants in an effort to raise their children to be better people than them. We may live in a fallen world, but this imagery of a parent's love for their children reflects God's heart. It is the same between husband and wife. Say, for example, that there is a husband who wishes his wife to be better than him, even after seeing her faults, or that there is a wife who attends her husband as so, even if she does not respect him. That couple will inevitably change because they are each creating the other. Wow. If you want to have a good relationship like Jesus, you have to embrace the faults of others. Fallen men, if you see someone's fault and then become distance, fallen men cannot forget someone's fault. And remember in their heart and mind forever. Even though you have the, your own fault, you cannot forget someone's fault. And while Jesus himself affectionately washed his disciples' feet, showed them the best example, and never condemned their sins. Wow. I love him so much. Jesus showed the model. He's saying, I came to serve, not to be served. Wow. He's God's begotten son. God's only begotten son. He came from God's royal family. But he living together with the sinners. He was his disciples' feet. Showed the great example. Even Jesus showed that way. 
Why don't you follow Jesus? Why don't you show that kind of exemplary life? You know, he loves everybody. He's really champion to uh, to build up a great relationship with any other one. Does not matter you are sinner or not sinner or politician or you know religious man. He loves everybody. Jesus saw the people with the heart of the parents in the body of the servant. When the other person's shortcomings begin to show, it is very difficult to respect and serve the other person. When see the other person's shortcoming, you should try to take responsibility as a parent. When you see someone's fault and weak point and shortcoming, then you really determine with your tears, I want to be responsible. When you see your spouse's shortcoming, weak point, and then you need to determine with your tears, I want to be responsible. I want to raise up my wife. I want to raise up my children. I want to raise up someone. When I see their weak point, this kind of the responsible heart comes from parental heart. You shouldn't try to take responsibility as a parent. If I am determined to raise the other person to be excellent, I can embrace the other person. That's why I'm here talking about, you know, where there are a wife and husband, you know, where there is a husband who wishes his wife to be better than him, even after seeing her fault, her problems, and a husband strongly determined. I want to be responsible for my wife's fault. I want to raise her. I want to help her. And then she should be better than me. If a husband like that, a wife is like that, wow, how much it can change the family atmosphere. Next content. However, the people of today's fallen world are failing at building strong relationships wherever they go. The result is discord between husband and wife. Siblings become enemies and strife between members of society. Even in church, there are many cases of fellow members becoming enemies with one another. This is also caused by the fallen lineage we are descendants of. That is why Jesus said, a man's foes will be those of his own household. He wanted us to know that wherever we went, the cause of conflict was none other than ourselves. It is easy to appear as a good believer on the outside, but those who have real faith should trigger sincerity in their hearts. The important thing in relationships is to trigger one's truth through his original heart. The driving force from which the power of love emerges and revives human beings' original minds must take place through relationships. It cannot occur through some law or consciousness. The act of moving and inspiring an enemy is only possible by being reborn with the ideology of the cross through Jesus Christ. A thousand years have passed since Jesus died on the cross, but the fact that the church is dividing and fights amongst itself is proof 
that we are in the latter days. Now the conclusion of book 66 of the New Testament is that we should trust less in earthly people, search for heaven as our original mind's desire, and prepare candlelights to welcome the bridegroom, Jesus, for whom we await. Yes. To be victorious in relationships, we must inherit Jesus' crucifixion thought. When you look at the other person's mistakes, you should think that I will bear the cross for them. Jesus died on the cross for the enemies who wanted to kill him. To be victorious in the family and Cain and Abel relationship, one must bear the cross of, of the other. In the family, the wife must carry her husband's cross, her own parents' cross, and her, her children's cross. I can't give my cross and my family's cross to others. I need to go with joy and gratitude to think that it is my destiny to carry the, carry the, the cross of my family means I have to be responsible for that. Jesus carried the cross of the sinners. And true parents went further to carry the cross of the mankind and the cross of God. This is amazing. Our true parents carry all the time God's cross. You know, not just only your family cross. You need to bear even for your nation, for the sake of the world. Even Heavenly Father, sorrowful God to cross. Wow, Unification Church teaching is a very high level, right? <laughs> very, very, very high. Now it's to reach, but anyway, we need to listen away again and again, over and over. Anyway, we're supposed to go this kind of way. Next. In Romans chapter 8, it says to become like Christ in control of the flesh by living according to the mind. You must be victorious in the mind struggle over your physical body. God cannot do this for us. It is our responsibility. We must be able to build a common base with God by obeying his command of do not. Only then can the Holy Spirit and God take responsibility for our feeble minds. God will take responsibility for your mind. So you must take responsibility for your body. If you let your body take control of your mind, then God cannot relate to you. The Jewish people used the Ten Commandments centering on their bodies. Today, many believers use the Christian church in the same manner. One of the most difficult things in our life of faith is to take up the cross of the physical body. The fight to dominate the body is the most difficult to win, right? Everybody's struggling every day, right? <laughs> no one can help me in the cross of the dominating my physical body. Without absolute obedience to God's word, 
The dominion of the flesh is impossible, my brothers and sisters. Therefore, since a fallen man has a weak mind, he needs the help of God and the Holy Spirit. Without possessing by Holy Spirit and God's word, it is impossible to overcome your physical desires. It is impossible. That's why you need to crucify your, your, your physical desires. He should always be stimulated by the word as he prays and meditate on the word and have to obey the word thoroughly before going. That's why without studying God's word, without, uh, without stimulating by God's word, it is impossible to overcome our flesh. You know, I know very, very well. That you always need to get some kind of strength and power from God's word. God's word is God's love. That we need to love God's word. And then we can really can subjugate our physical body. Next content. Therefore, you can have a successful life of faith if you can command both your mind and body. Three individuals in the Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, are considered the top examples and ancestors of faith. Without knowing what would come, these individuals departed for Canaan without question on God's command. Today, our minds also need to depart on an adventure of obedience to our mind's commands. For Abraham, that adventure was to hand his beloved wife over to the enemy and to sacrifice the only son he ever had in 100 years. Abraham overcame both. In other words, he valued his relationship with God more than that with his wife or son. Next, Isaac had absolute obedience to his father's command to offer himself as a sacrifice. In this, he regarded his father's actions as one with God's command. My brothers and sisters, God sent, uh, set the example for the central figures of the providence of restoration. What the central figures of the providence of restoration have in common is that they have absolute faith, absolute love, and absolute obedience to God's will. They all valued their relationship with God as life. Second, in the relationship between Cain and Abel, both were victorious. And they loved their enemies. No matter how modern world is today, the lessons God showed, you know, through the central figures in the providence of restoration are the typical course and model course that we should follow. So that's why God showed these, our central figures of the providence of restoration very clearly. They are our model. You look at the Noah, absolutely obey to God's command, commandment. You look at Abraham. He left his hometown. He obeyed to God. He, he need to kill. He need to offer his son. 
absolute obedience. There is no negotiation. They put God as a top priority. Do you think this modern era something different? God's principle always seen. Does not matter in the Old Testament era or New Testament era or in computer Testament era, in an era of the channel, God's principle is always the same. Absolute faith, absolute love, and absolute obedience. Otherwise, there is no way to conquer my physical body. There is no way to build up the relationship with God. And all central figures show the example loving their enemy. Everybody got tried to get the victory, the, 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 the relationship between Cain and Abel. All of them, they really loved their enemy. About the life of the Joseph, the life of the Jacob, how he loved his brother Esau. You look at Jesus, how he loved enemy. You look at to the Father, how he loved his enemy. All central figures show us how to overcome enemy. How to build up the good relationship between Cain and Abel. That's it. We are not, our, not, our main purpose is not to enter only kingdom of heaven. We need to build kingdom of heaven through what? Through what? Through relationship. First relationship between God and me, I need to recover. That is the foundation of the faith. Secondly, we need to overcome the relationship between Cain and Abel without loving my brothers, without loving my elder brother, younger brother. It is impossible to build up God's kingdom over heaven. Many religious leaders do not know this main point, how to build the kingdom of heaven through relationship. Even your enemy, you need to overcome it without loving your enemy. There is no way to get rid of your fallen nature. Wow. God show us through the central figures. Final one. In Jacob and Esau's relationship, Jacob had reason to be frustrated with his older brother, but he served him wisely instead. Jacob faced many injustices through, throughout the 21 years he worked as a slave for his uncle Laban, but his faith never budged as he valued the relationship he formed with Jehovah in Bethel while he was fleeing home. That is why God changed Jacob's name to Israel. Israel means a victorious person, referring to how he struggled and overcame all obstacles by valuing his relationship with Jehovah. Abraham's name was also changed from Abram. Hence, in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 6, God joyfully said, I am the God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Yes, my brothers and sisters, why the righteousness of the righteousness? No matter how much the enemy hates me, it is righteous, righteousness to say that I will take responsibility for the enemy, raise them up, and nurture them well. 
therefore, in the end, we have to be victorious in relationship to become more and more righteous. I am becoming more and more holy. Our unification movement emphasizes too much on vertical faith sometimes. So we try to value the relationship with the true parents as a life, but the horizontal relationship is too cold. Everybody, true parents, true parents, true father, true mother, true mother, true father. Yes, vertical alignment is all right. Our church lacking point is what? The horizontal relationship is really horrible. Very cold. Sometimes I visit the center, visit the church in Korea somewhere. Wow, this is really unification church. We are really following the tradition of true parents. We are talking about true love. We are talking about the, the you know, culture of heart. Wow. I can't feel you are my brother. I can't feel you are my sister. I can't feel like a, a beautiful horizontal relationship at the church. Very, very cold. Even I, when we have an international leaders meeting, continental like I feel, this is really, we are really unificationist. Unification church principle is our only principle. I really feel that, wow, something wrong. If we truly love true parents, we must also love our brothers and sisters whom true parents love. Our church is talking about the culture of the heart, but we need to reflect on whether the heart is dry in our group. If there is no culture of heart in, in loving brothers and sisters in our church, no matter how many new members come, they will never be able to settle down. They cannot, cannot stay at church. That's why now time has come to show our church, really church of the kingdom of heaven. That anyone come, any new guest come, wow, this atmosphere is so beautiful, so lovely. Care each other. I never seen kingdom of heaven, but I came to I came to realize here is a king, kingdom of heaven. I discover kingdom of heaven in this church. We need to create that kind of environment. We are just only talking true love, true love, true love, but our real action is something different. That does not make any sense, my brothers and sisters. What I know, Jesus showed that example. What do we know? Our true parents created to love people. Why? Why? We didn't become like this. I think centering on myself, really, I need to reflect on that. Maybe I have that kind of nature. My brothers and sisters, let's create beautiful environment of heart and love. And then our new guests come, they really comfortably can settle down. Then our church surely can develop, multiply all the time. Thank you very much.